at no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. All right, welcome to our show today. Welcome back. We've got a guest who's so interesting. I had to have him back a second time. He's a healthcare executive, business developer, investor, mentor, author, coach, curator, educator, son, husband, father, brother, athlete, coach. Man, he's done everything. He's basically like Michelangelo. Uh, graduated from the Citadel. He did two tours of tour with the 82nd Airborne. Thank you for your service. He's got his master's and doctorate in health administration from the Medical University of South Carolina. He spent 30 years in digital health innovation, entrepreneurship, business development. Um, he's founded, invested many projects. Um, one of his most interesting ones, most recent one, is a privacy project, which we talked about last time in the show. So down in the show links below, you can see that previous interview, we talked about validity. Maybe we'll hint on it today, but what I want to talk about today was his, his best-selling book here. It's really good. He's a biohacker focused on combining farmer table organics and just a all around great guy, soccer player, triathlete, tennis enthusiast. And one of the coolest things that if you want to talk about is um, he's adopted five special needs kids. I mean, talk about a, a wonderful person, a wonderful human being. Welcome to the show today, Dr. Gordon Jones. How are you today? Good. And, and you must remember it's we as in Jennifer, my wife, and I. I don't there see ain't no me. We've talked about her. But, uh, it takes you know, a we to do that. That's for sure. It takes probably a we to do most of your things, except, you know, even, even the triathlete, you need a coach or someone to spur you on those cold mornings and whatnot. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Which was yeah, my we, wife. <laughs> I, uh, I, I just had a great time talking to you about your uh, privacy project. We share a lot of uh, similar passions in that area, as we both know. But I'm going through your book again this past week. I'm like, oh my gosh. I, I mean, you kind of did this book as like an offhanded thing, but people need to realize there is, it's like combining like 10 of my favorite books into one. Um, and I can't go through the whole thing. It's it's so big today. It's called How to Create Yourself by Dr. Gordon Joseph, guy on our show today. And the content in here, I mean, we could spend a whole half hour just on just on one page. I mean, it's such good stuff in here. What caused you? I mean, this is a bunch of blog posts you combined and edited and polished up, right? Yeah. So I've been What's writing. The, I've been yeah. writing since forever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and I was probably an early person on LinkedIn, so I would do. And they haven't really done a good job on their blog side of things. But uh, I just started writing, posting on there, and. And, uh, and after a while you got so much content, you, you kind of say, Hey, uh, maybe we can put all this together in one place for people to be able to access it. <laughs> the, so that's, title, that's how the idea came. The title's came. intriguing, how to create yourself. Yeah. Um, tell us more about that. Where'd that come from? What does it, what does that mean to the reader? Yeah. So, uh, in, and you'll read in the book, um, in the 90s, when I was really starting getting into an entrepreneurship, and, and I was actually really even reading a lot of this personal development stuff earlier, but uh, that was when the internet was starting to come about, and I was doing my clinical research, uh, not my clinical, my doctoral research on how healthcare can adopt the internet and internet-based technologies. And uh, I was uh, reading a book by Stephen Pollan 
um, who, who talks about die broke. So basically build yourself up, become successful, make all the money you want to, but then also make sure you don't have any at the end of your life too. <laughs> but in there, he talks about how you should, how we as individuals should, instead of working and being beholden to even an employer, it's a create yourself ink. So turn yourself into a entity of which you focus on yourself to go down this path towards whatever you consider the definition of success is. And in there, so yourself Inc was what he said. And then he has a sentence that says, Hey, create yourself Inc. And because uh, URLs or domains or web addresses uh, are so prominent in regards to the internet, as a matter of fact, they're considered a digital asset in and of themselves. I said, man, create yourself. That sounds like something pretty cool. Maybe I'll, I'll go search and see if the website, the domain's available. And behold, uh, uh, and right in the middle of the internet boom, createyourself.com was still available. So I bought it then. I've owned it for like 30 years now <laughs> or whatever. And uh, I didn't really do a whole lot with it, uh, but I knew I wanted to kind of continuously evolve myself around this idea of how to create yourself. And, and so I've had various versions of the website. And right now it's a community built on uh, a community development app called Mighty Networks, but it's a mobile app that you can download and search for createyourself.com and you'll be able to join our community there for free. Um, but that's still how, we, <clears throat> how the name came about. <laughs> I noticed when I'm going through the book here, you know, there's a great chapters on, you know, the spirit of it, the role of the universe in it, how to create your journey, strategies, prosperity. But the beginning of the book is uh, it's about three times the size of all these tactics. And you talk about the why, right? There's the, uh, you know, purposeful prosperity, stigma against wealth, decluttering your brain, create yourself vision. How come there's so much emphasis on the why? Well, if you don't have purpose, if you don't know why you're here, if we don't know why we're here, then we can't create a purpose, can't define what our purpose is, and then we can't define our journey to create yourself because we don't know where it is we want to go. Um, I'm trying to think of the uh that there's a good pun about that but I, I can't pull it off the top of my head right now um but basically it's if you don't know where you're going then you'll get there so um but that's the why you have to have you I have mean, to have purpose you know i i've uh, i've got simon sinek's book on start with why i watched his ted talk twice you know it's great he's yep. a great orator of course and it makes yep. sense you can't you can't uh you can't you know first question they ask you at the ticket booth is where do you want to go? So it's nice to have a destination in mind, but there's a lot of different nuances to what you said in the why section, uh, Gordon, it's not just define the why, but understanding it, right? It's like, well, let me give you an example here when I was going through this. Um, uh, okay. Um, you know, how did others do it? Um, you know, how do you define success? The Bible of prosperity. I'm sorry, the Bible on prosperity, because I know you're a faithful guy. Um, subconscious mind. There's a lot of different elements to this why. It's not just, hey, define your purpose, now go do it. You take a pretty deep dive into that. Is there any one of these things that stands out in your mind in terms of all these elements? 
Well, you really have to want to, to do this because it's not easy. No, <laughs> it's a journey. And, um, it, one big aspect of all this, and I talk about this in a recent post, um, that I did on LinkedIn in regards to childhood development mm -hmm. around privacy. So one of the big things, uh, that we do as children, as we're developing ourselves is, uh, we don't know what it is we're doing, but we verbalize that with our friends or we might do an activity and we're subconsciously looking at, at how our friends respond to that. And all of this starts to help de develop who we are and what our identity is. And all this is done subconsciously through, you know, the, the gifts that God gave us to be able to consciously think, <laughs> Um, or subconsciously think. And, and so if we take that just whole idea of how we learn and develop our identity as a, as a kid into adulthood, now we have to really start thinking about how we do it. So we have to understand the mental behaviors that we, um, we generate off of different cues that we get from our environment. And so that's one of the things that we have to do is make sure that uh, we have an environment that is in conducive to pursuing that of which we want to create. And so if we don't start thinking about even our environment and some of the things that we regularly think about because they're in front of us and maybe start changing those things, then we can't really even get started on the journey. So uh, definitely won't be able to define what your why or purpose is. Okay, so you've done like you know 18,000 things in your life um, is there a common thread amongst yours that, that establishes your why? So I, I've let my mind generate the idea of a goal. Mm -hmm. So the goals aren't necessarily mapped together because those basically are things like, so for example, when my wife and I were dating seriously, leading to the consideration of getting married. She was, she's a marathoner. She's done 28 marathons and then she was doing triathlons and I am no runner. Um, uh, I was a soccer player and ultimate Frisbee player, but I'm, I'm not, no, I'm, I'm not a marathoner. And, but she bought me a bike for Christmas, um, about a year before we ultimately ended up getting married. And she said, well, if you don't ride this thing, then we probably aren't going to be getting married. <laughs> so I had no ideas around running marathons and no desires to do a triathlon, but she got me into that. And so it was, okay, this is now a part of my journey. It's, it's in my path. Uh, now, how am I going to become fairly successful at it? Trust me, I wasn't, um, I completed marathons and I completed triathlons, but I can't say I placed. Um, but it was it was uh, really interesting and fun to go through, especially with my wife. So, so just things come to play. So, for example, um, you know we're creating this, and this is technical, but we were creating this universal health coin cryptocurrency in 2017, 2018, to take this blockchain and cryptocurrency stuff in healthcare. And so I was learning about blockchain and, and I saw Tim Draper sing this song that he kind of scripted out about blockchain 
at one of his conferences. And I said, dude, man, I can sing better than that. So I just sat down and wrote a song called Blockchain Movement, which is now on, um, it's published now. It's on iHeartRadio and Spotify and all the channels that you can go and see. <laughs> and I'm not a songwriter. I just sat down and wrote one and then hooked up with a friend of mine named Arthur Love. And we went and sang it and, and um, put some music to it and made it fun and published it. And so now I got a, I got a song out there. <laughs> um, it's just things like that. And then when you're doing that, then you just have to make sure you do it well enough that it makes you proud and that becomes a part of your creative self journey. Okay. So the, the individual goals are silos, right? That's, that's fine. That makes sense. Cause we're not just so myopic that we only do one thing. Most people at least they want to have some kind of uh, variety in their life. You more than most, but, <clears throat> but when it comes to defining your why of your journey, I mean, is it to make, the world a better place is it is it gordon's relationship with his family i mean is there anything that connects all of those well certainly for me it's it's the family i mean we have okay we didn't birth these kids so we purposely adopted them we wanted them to be our children and so it's our responsibility to feed them guide them and help grow them uh into uh productive and giving members of society. And so, you know, once we got married and started doing that, then yes, every single thing that I uh, wanted to do accomplish was then oriented to how will it benefit my kids? Um, and then as we got more and more into the world of uh, special needs, it was okay. Well, how can this benefit those who are challenged? Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it all kind of ultimately ends up feeding into each other. And actually at the end of the day, I wouldn't have been able to write this book if I didn't have all these crazy things that I did. <laughs> so, who, uh, right. and that's where God comes into play, right? So God yep. has some purpose for our life. Yep. And even if we don't necessarily know what it is, that's, we can still kind of generate one for ourselves, uh -huh. but it's going to be along his path, whether we like it or not, because sure. that's the way God designed the world. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so if you don't mind my asking, I'm, I'm curious about this. So you, you guys, um, okay, let's go adopt a child and you sought out a kid with special needs or happened. How did that happen? The first one? Yeah. Um, well, so we're both in healthcare. My wife has her PhD in speech pathology and already she's in pediatrics. So she already helps these kids. Um, as a matter of fact, she designed a multidisciplinary model of combining occupational speech and physical therapy together uh, in one location so that these kids can get this multiple type of care um, in conjunction with each other so that they help each other in order for the kid to actually advance in their rehab faster. But anyway, so we both have healthcare backgrounds. And of course, when you're in healthcare, you're, you're not necessarily there to make money unless you're a physician. But because um, they're the ones who make the money, but the rest of us are there to, you know, serve the patient. Of course, the physicians are there to serve the patient. But um, so we just have that mindset anyway. So when we started looking to adopt, um, 
so at, at first we weren't looking at international adoptions because we didn't we didn't necessarily want an infant we didn't need an infant that's not what we were trying to do is to get an infant so we weren't looking at just infants of course we actually our second child was an infant but um when you're looking at all this the, most of the kids that are up for adoption have special needs um there's i mean if that uh, in the united states they might have been abandoned or something like that but at the end of the day through their abandonment by their own family they create mental issues uh they grow up with these mental issues and then when you're institutionalized for any period of time uh the government doesn't know what they're doing so they medicate you uh, so so uh you know, and then God just worked crazy things into how we got each individual child. Um, there, there, we didn't, we're, we're not, we're not necessarily looking through a book saying, Oh, let's go check this one out. That's not even what we did. It's not like you're picking out a puppy, huh? You just, uh... right, we, no, we, well, they do do that. I mean, they do, they do do that, but, um, yeah. but we didn't do that. We just kept meeting these people right? who either were sponsoring or knew of or whatever a particular child. Um, and, and then it just kind of worked out. Um, I mean, for example, so our first two were from Georgia, from the, uh, um, Georgia, the state in the United States, not the country. And, um, this, the first of our international children, uh, Samuel from China, you know, uh, we didn't have any intention to go international, but I have a degree in Chinese studies, but I'd never gone over there because China kept shutting down their borders or whatever they were doing every time I wanted to get over there. So Jennifer for my 50th birthday took me to a trip to China and uh, we spent some nice weeks there and had fun and all that and came back. And then right when we came back, um, Augusta's got a pretty significant community of uh, Chinese people plus adoptive parents of kids from China. And, and, and a lot of those kids go to see my wife um, as their therapist. And so she was talking to one of the mothers of one of these children a week after we got back while they were in therapy. And, and the mother said, oh, well, our missionary from China is coming and you need to come watch their presentation and learn what they're doing over there. And it was like the next Wednesday night. Well, as a part of the presentation, they talked about Samuel <laughs> and, um, and, and he touched our hearts. Um, and so that, okay, well, we're going to go to China and uh, look at adopting some kids there too. So, so that's how that happened. So it's all, you know, we're not, we weren't looking for any particular kids. Um, and, and we weren't necessarily, we hadn't even planned on doing five. So it just kind of, it just kind of happened. <laughs> Once you have two, it's like, oh, okay, I'll keep going. That's, yeah. that's, that's amazing. That's really amazing. Now, do they, um, are you, uh, the kids, uh, reading the book? Are they? Yep. So I have, um, written a personal note to each one of them. Um, actually my 12 year old got the first one yeah. because he just started, um, military boarding school. Oh my. And, um, so he's at Rareside, um, well, in Gainesville, Georgia. But anyway, so he just started his military school career. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And so I gave him the very first copy that I bought for myself because yeah. I didn't have any physical copies. So I mm -hmm. gave him that copy, wrote him a nice note. And um, we talked about it on the trip over there. And um, 
so he has it now in, in at his school. And, and then I uh, got some more. So I've given to each one of my kids. Mm -hmm. I still have to deliver my daughter. She's 26 and lives down in Florida. So she doesn't uh -huh. have her, she doesn't have her physical copy. She's got an electronic copy. So far. yeah. But, yeah. But they all know that, you know, a big part of the reason why I put all this together was for them. Right. And I'm wide open for discussing things with them. And then whenever they're off and on their own, they can reference it as they need to. <laughs> Has they given you any feedback or, or said, Hey, I use this today in my school or whatnot. Well, or it's only been a month. So, um, well, the 12 year old, he's, he probably hadn't even read a page yet. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. He's doing what he's doing at school. Um, and I just gave my, uh, Samuel and Judah, their copy just this week so they haven't oh, okay. started Fair enough. That's but the uh, but they are telling their friends hey daddy wrote a book that's right yeah, but, um, that's an author, yeah. but I, I can't say that we've been having our book club discussions about it yet so <laughs> but it's they already easy. know a lot of what's in it because that's what we do right as a matter of fact the next to the last chapter is our uh jones family principles where we where you know it's on the wall uh -huh. And it's what we believe and how we believe we should interact with each other as a family. And right. then the house rules, like if it's open, but it's supposed to be closed, Hey, close it. If it's closed, but it's supposed to be open, Hey, open it. If it's dirty and it's supposed to be clean, then clean it. You know, the rules. Uh -huh. And then if down the last rule is if at the end, after all, if you attempted to try to do all this stuff and you can't, and you need help, then ask management. Wow. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. Cause we got to create, we got to, you know, with their special situations, we have yeah. to make sure they can live independently because we don't necessarily want them living in our house for the next 35 years. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a different side of that coin. Um, so are you have the, the rules and the principles are, do you, are the, are there many principles or something you can summarize? Um, Hey, at the end of the day, it's respect for each yeah, other. There you go. Uh, I mean, that's really it because, you know, they fight and yell at each other and, and then they get us all riled up and we're fighting and yelling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we can respect each other's um, at that level and right. include space. So don't go in your brother's room and steal his stuff. Um, you know, don't, yeah. don't, don't, uh, make fun of them when parents aren't around, you know, all right. that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's not just respect your elders, but also respect your, your siblings. And that's yourself. pretty much that message. Cause we're trying yeah. to, trying to keep a, um, uh, a relatively, uh, non-disruptive home. It's really kind of hard with four boys in the house, but <laughs> yeah, uh, we don't want to turn into a dysfunctional family. That's the goal right. to not be a dysfunctional family. So yeah, we're doing pretty yeah. good in that life. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, give me, give me, I just love this topic because it's fascinating to me to, to adopt uh, five special needs kids. What was the hardest thing about all that process? How many years, how many years did it, uh, did you go through all this, the adoption for all five? And then what's been the hardest part of that? Yep. So uh, Jennifer and I decided before we got married mm -hmm. that we would adopt. And then we got married uh, Thanksgiving morning, 2007. Oh, nice. Um, to save money because now we didn't have to have a wedding and Thanksgiving. <laughs> so we had it all at the same time. Um, and then uh, we started the classes. So you got to go through all these trainings and it takes mm -hmm. about nine months to kind of go through all that sure. stuff yeah. uh, before we were able to adopt or, or bring into our home 
Amber, who's our first um, mm-hmm. child. She's now 20, getting ready to turn 27. Okay. Um, so, but then from there, so, uh, so she was in, oh, in 08, 09. Okay. And then at the end of 09, we got capers as an eight month old. So he was the infant. Right. That's a whole cool story in itself. The, his social worker uh-huh. was, she wasn't supposed to let us have him and we, we weren't pursuing him. Yeah. But we knew who he was and, and some other foster parents that were taking care of him as an infant. Okay. Um, but she was so mad at the system uh, and yeah. what they were yeah. doing yeah. and that they were even denying us the opportunity to, that right. she just made sure it happened. <laughs> so we were on our way. Uh, we were, I like to go snow skiing, yeah. but I haven't been in so very long. So we were trying, we were taking Amber up to the, um, North Carolina to go snow, teach her how to snow ski. Cause she'd never uh-huh. done any of that. And we got a phone call saying, Hey, we got this eight month old. Do you want them? And, uh, <laughs> we said, well, we'll be back on Monday. And this uh-huh. was like Thursday. And, uh, we got out there, skied one day and said, ah, let's, let's go. <laughs> so we just quit the whole ski trip and drove back to, oh, wow. <laughs> and, uh, and then, uh, was probably three years till we got Samuel from China. Cause that's a long, I mean, that's, yeah, that's a year long process. Even after all the training, it's a year long process. Yeah, yeah. And then the other thing cool about that, <laughs> that adoption was, um, so he's, he's got some special medical needs and, uh, he'd been followed by a bunch of people around the world for years, but it had, you had, it was only really good for a medical family to adopt him Understood. so we could make sure that yeah. we could take care of him. Okay. And, um, and so there were a lot of people around the world who were following Samuel's journey because of his special story. Wow. And so they, we, we, we started getting money, cash money in the mail from to help pay. Cause it costs about 55,000 bucks to go do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, with all the expenses and everything. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we basically only had to fund about 10%. I mean, all money just started flowing in from all wow. over to help pay for this thing. That's wonderful. Um, yeah, it was. I mean, it's well. There's there's just so many stories that go along with all that. Yeah. So, sure um, but one one interesting thing is okay after you adopt a child in China, then you uh-huh. have 18 months to use the same. Um, they call it home study. Um, the ho- paperwork package. Mm-hmm. You can use that same paperwork package if you have adopted a kid within 18 months. Okay. So we said, okay, well, it's almost up. Let's just see if we can. Adopt Get another kid. Yeah. Well, and then, and then we found that you can adopt two at the same time. So, so, uh, <laughs> so that one was, we adopted Judah and Randy at the same uh, time, um, at different age. They're, they are, um, they are five years apart, uh-huh. um, but they came from the same orphanage. Yeah. Um, nice. And, um, and so we went over there and brought two home with us on that trip. So. Amazing. <laughs> I mean, where, where are they from? So they're all from South China. South China. Okay. Yeah. So Robin, with all right that, across, uh, right across yeah. from Taiwan. Okay. With all that being said, number one, just amazing. Um, uh, kudos to you for for being have such an open heart, open home for all those kids. Um, what's been the biggest challenge for you guys in that journey? 
um, patience. <laughs> so uh, we we ask God all the time. Yeah, I bet. Why? I mean, we are terrible parents. Why did you <laughs> think that we could raise these kids, right? <laughs> and uh, I mean, it's not all the time that we think that, but there's yeah. times where the frustration level is like way up here. Mm-hmm. And we're like, God, we have got to be the worst parents. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but anyway, so that's probably, that's the toughest is just, yeah. I mean, the medical thing, I mean, with Samuel, we, we spent, um, I mean, it was probably, it, it still continues, yeah. but real intense, like going to Cincinnati's children's. Yeah. Then we followed our doctor to New York Presbyterian in New York city. Uh-huh. And we finally got him recruited to MUSC in Charleston. So now it's sure, but there's no, no more surgeries or anything like that. So it's just checkups. But, um, but that was, I mean, like he got one surgery after one surgery paralyzed for like four months um, from the, from the hip, from the dip now. So he was in a wheelchair and, um, and finally it dissipated. Nice. Cause it wasn't permanent, but, um, but anyway, just, and that stuff we can deal with because we deal with that kind of stuff being in healthcare all the time. Right, right, right. So it's just the, um, um, it's the extra thing on top of just being regular boys. Yeah. Right you now. Um, cause Judah, uh, so he's got cerebral palsy and he's mm-hmm. deaf. Wow. Which means he has a really hard time defending himself. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then his other brothers are all, physically normal so they can right. like push him over with a oh, so right so we got to tell you don't touch him just don't touch him yeah but of course they're boys so they're acting like they normally do and he gets right. touched and he not gets knocked down or something like not i'm not hit but just knocked down but anyway so we got to deal with all that stuff. <laughs> I, I i'm just so impressed I should, it sounds like it'd be a great uh hallmark movie or something here gordon i don't know i know you're not into the you know Showing off and we all that. definitely don't want to have a reality TV show going on. No, I didn't say reality TV. No, I don't want to do yeah. that. We're, we're here way above that. The book, though, that relates to all this stuff is, is uh, Dr. Jordan, Dr. Gordon, going, blah, blah, blah. Dr. Gordon Jones' book, How to Create Yourself. I get reflection off this. Thing. There we go. How to Create Yourself. It's an amazing, amazing book that has just tons of wisdom from a lot of different perspectives and ideas over the years with your wide wide background and whatnot. So I highly recommend it. Um, any closing um, ideas or any place that anything you can uh, offer the audience today? Well, I do want to say that through the book, you'll also be exposed to a lot of other people because I talk about their books and, yeah. and or their journeys, not in depth, but good mm. snippets. Yeah. Um, and um, um, my buddy, Gary Ryan Blair, who created the 100 Days Challenge, he's kind of a mentor for me. He writes the forward. Nice. And then um, Tom Butler Bowden. Uh, he's the author of the uh, uh, 50 like success books, 50 best success books in the world and the 50 best. I mean, he's got a series of the 50 yeah. best. Wow. And he summarizes the 50 best and all of those different genres. Mm-hmm. So like you could get his 50 best and then have read 50 books about personal development, for example, right, right. or about spirituality. So I, I definitely recommend those two authors mm-hmm. um, out of the mix, but we talk about Napoleon Hill and yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, everybody, everybody. Right. So, um, and the Bible, 
We yeah. talk about the Bible. Good book. Yeah, good one. Yeah, <laughs> that's the foundation. That's the foundation. We can do all this it. other stuff, but we got to have a foundation to. to that's right. Out. So all wisdom comes from that. Um, but yeah, so I appreciate it, man. Um, you bet. That's been. You it's bet. always fun to have a good chat with you. Absolutely. Uh, thank you very much for being on the show. I appreciate it, folks. Uh, look down below. You see some show notes there. Link to the previous interview with this company, Validity for Privacy. Can't stress that enough. But the book, get this book. It's really good. How to Create Yourself by Dr. Gordon Jones. Um, yeah, my, my wife enough. wants me to do the audio, audible vision, version, the audible version. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. I just contracted with a studio in Asheville on that. Okay. Offline, I'll give you the name of the person. Okay. Great studio for that. Yeah. Okay. Um, shy about. Anyway, cool. thanks for being on the show today. Appreciate Perfect. it. This is your host, Doug Crow, with uh, the Author Brand Show. Be sure to click below and subscribe for some free goodies as well. We'll see you until, until next time.